Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone and welcome to another Women's World Cup daily podcast for you. Another busy night with four games overnight as the action ramps up towards finding out who will be there at the business end of the tournament in the knockout stages. But more importantly, we're closing in on kickoff for the Matildas against Jamaica and we absolutely cannot wait for that. David Weiner with you once again, joined by Amy Chapman and Georgia Yeoman-Dow. Girls, how are you holding up after another long night, an exciting night and uh, what did you enjoy? Morning, Dave. I'm quite sprightly over here. I'm sure it'll fade pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a big night of football and excited to talk about it. Yes, me still rolling off the highs of the football and I'm sure I'll be uh, dropping off a cliff very soon. <laughs> We've got 20 minutes. Just hang on, hang on tight and get us through our morning. What was the highlight of the night for you? Four games, um, but as we got the simultaneous matches, of course, to see who goes through. And a bit of a waiting game too for the first time in a World Cup, which makes it even more intriguing. Uh, what was your most memorable moment of the night? Oh, looking at, yeah, the four games we've just played through there, I think well, the, the key standout for me is how many penalties we, we are getting in this World Cup, the role of VAR, and then for me, some open wounds there in regards to the keepers coming off the line, which I'm sure we'll touch on shortly. Yeah, my, my most memorable moment. I've got a bit of a soft spot for uh, Korea Republic, so it was good to see them finally get on the score sheet and actually put in a really good performance and should really be uh, proud of their performance but even disappointed with a loss. What is the soft spot from? Oh, I just... I. In our under-20s, uh, we came up against uh, Korea Republic a couple of times and, and they came out to Australia and we actually spent some time with them off the field and, uh, and I met a few of the girls. So yeah, ever since then, there's been a bit of a soft spot. Well, it's always good to see Asian teams do well because we want the whole region to be doing strongly too. Um, so we mentioned the VAR. Uh, we might as well start with that as well because it, was the Fran- it got France over the line in that tight win against Nigeria. They were, I don't know if complacent is the right word tonight, but they were comfortable. Did they deserve that? Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I think they, they weren't outstanding, France, but um, Nigeria definitely, um, I'm about to sneeze, so I'll let George take over. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, France were really disappointing for me. Um, I think, you know, I picked them to be one of the best teams going into this tournament, but to be the best, you've got to be performing your best regardless of who you're coming up against. You can't be complacent. And yes, maybe it's a bit of tournament management. They had four changes going into the game. Uh, However, you you should have expected them to put this to bed. Taking back from that, uh, Nigeria played really well. Defensively, they were really good and made it really difficult for France to actually create too many opportunities. That was the magic of podcasting there. We'll, we'll go back to you, Amy. I have recovered from the sneeze. <laughs> I'm back. Um, yeah, just touching on the on that penalty, it was definitely a clear penalty. Um, there's no doubt there was a foul. The, the issue comes in with the VAR stepping in for the retake of the penalty. And that potentially could actually cost Nigeria their, their spot in the round of 16. So they're now waiting on a limb to see 
um, how some of the other games unfold and how the un- some of the other groups unfold. But, yeah, the retake was very questionable for me and brought back some very big memories of Rio. So wh- why is it questionable in that? It, because almost everything is just like so meticulous and you, there's like no life in the game? Or to throw one back at you the other way, is it as a result of that disaster in Rio, it was almost like it's a good thing to see that that won't happen to another team? Yeah, a bit of both, I think. I think there's definitely a huge amount of bitterness towards what happened in Rio. And just for context there, in Rio we saw the Brazilian goalkeeper, so Australia got knocked out in penalties um, from Brazil. And the Brazilian goalkeeper was literally metres. So there's two and a half metres. basically on halfway. Oh, honestly, that's that's quite a good jump, to be honest. A long jumper on her side there. But um, that cost us. It it closes down the angles for the girls, puts a lot of pressure on them. And you could see our goalkeeper was playing by the rules, Lydia Williams. She was staying on the line there. So to me, that's just unfair. So I think when it's blatant, it needs to be called. And in this one, that was... I, the role of VAR for me, if, if in real time it looks fine, that's where it's, I start to question. When you really get the microscope out and you go, hey, there, there was a two, two strands of grass there, um, difference, you know, that's when I start to question. In real time that looked fine, but yeah, the, technically it was. But was. I guess the point of VAR is to take out the grey area that it's black and white, she's off her line, she's not off her line. My issue with the VAR call is not based on the ruling of the game, which in the ruling of the game you... you you do give a retake. It, it's a reflection of the game, I suppose. And um, France got away with it here and they didn't deserve to. Uh, l- again, luck comes into play in World Cups and, and they were lucky here, but that's where I got a little bit frustrated. What about the fact that it, it was a clear miss? I know you, should, you can't be interpreting rules once you interpret rules and, and all that, but it, it was a retake after she didn't hit the target. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was not It was a poorly taken penalty and, um, you know, Ronaldo's been an excellent player. She scored two in the first game. Then she scored, uh, you know, tidy finish for an own goal. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's disappointing because you can see Nigeria's spirits lift to say, hey, we've held on here. We can hang on to a point which secures us into the next round and it's all taken away by that technicality of, of millimetres. Is there any chance that a VAR call like this can only come about when a a team, I guess, uh, challenges um, the decision or challenges. So if, because France didn't even turn around and, and blink an eyelid about a retake, and then all of a sudden they're gifted one. So is it a matter of I felt hard done by because the keeper came out? Can you check that? You've been watching a bit of tennis be? there, George. You got three. You got three <laughs> challenges. Yeah, I don't mind the idea. It had a bit of spice. A captain's call down the line, but I guess I guess if you're getting the black and white ones right. You can't really argue with it. It's just that, as you say, that, that wider emotion of the game where in that moment you're almost holding, hoping out for Nigeria to get a bit of luck or that the VAR's got a, a blindfold on or something like that, that they're not seeing it. Um, interesting situation for Nigeria because they're waiting now. This is a first for all of us watching this World Cup. It's the first of us watching World Cups. We saw it with the Euros where Portugal came third and managed to go through their group and went on to win it. But what do you do now as a player and how do you approach this kind of thing? It, it's, it's a bit bizarre, isn't it? You can see you could see all the players a little bit confused and a bit disheartened um, towards you know the end of the game, and they did actually have to play the last ten minutes with with ten men, so they they were exhausted. Um, but I guess this this is football, and it's a part of that. And now they do have to watch with you know weighted breath to see what's going to happen here. Can we get through? They've only got three points and not a great goal difference. So um, yeah. It is frustrating to obviously have to sit around and wait for other results, but it's not the, the worst place in the world to be sitting around waiting. Exactly, and at least you get it, you've got that life 
still in you. But then speaking of which, which brings us to, I guess, all the other teams we're going to talk about now have some sort of potential implication for Australia. And we'll start with China, who would potentially, if we top the group, we could play. Who knows? Because we still don't know who the top four third-place teams will be. But what about that mind game of looking at it and forecasting the fixtures? Do you think, Heather said on, on SK Goal, she thinks they might have done a bit of plotting. Do you think that they looked ahead and went, Second plays USA. We're going to try and somehow get out of this in third spot and roll the dice. Well, I wouldn't put it past them whatsoever. And it's actually not a bad move from them if that's what they have done. The the way they were playing, the style they were playing, you know, could allude to the fact that they weren't really going for the game. But, geez, that's risky. That's super risky play. Like You caught one goal and then you You're always taught to just go for the win and just let nature take its course. It's it's, it's a a very interesting situation. yeah, I, f- I find it's Murphy's Law. As soon as you try and do one thing, the, the opposite happens. So, um, you know, it's risky play. But to, th- to that point, uh, China have one of the most disciplined and structured defence in this entire tournament. And they can probably get away with doing that. And I feel like if other countries tried to really cramp in and, and go for the draw, uh, they might find themselves with, it, you know, copping quite a few goals. Yeah, they were very, very disciplined. Uh, but then you kind of worry, OK, yes, they've defended out this game really well. How are they going to go against uh, better nations going forward? Because you get to the round of 16, there's no more, you know, OK, let's draw this game unless they're playing to go to penalties. Um, but then you're going through your tournament playing, you know, 90 minutes plus extra time plus penalties. And I don't think it's a really feasible way of doing it. So I think they need to back themselves uh, going forward. Yeah, you've seen teams go through with a a conservative approach, but you have to have almost everything go your way to actually withstand that through tournament football. Um, so we'll see what happens with them. And hey, they may have just had an absolute blinder and put their way in the right map through the tournament. Who knows? But what we're also waiting for, we hope we're not talking about Australia as a third place team, but it is a possibility. And that does throw up France or Germany. It's a bit weird and amazing with this draw that you don't know. And uh, I want to ask you how that would be as a player too, just almost knowing that previously you'd be able to plot it like a tennis route through. But at the moment, we're literally sitting here, we're going, we could play France, we could play Germany if we come third and we're in the top four teams. What are your assessments of Germany and France from what you saw this morning? Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely food for thought, all this tactical stuff and, and where do we want to end up in this group? Because if someone told me you go out and get a draw today and you avoid playing the US or you go out and you win and you play the US... I'd probably be going for the draw. Um, you can see how powerful they are, and they are definitely red-hot favourites. So, again, yeah, Germany and France. Um, I'm not if, – if the Aussies end up coming up against Germany, I think we can we can beat them. I'm very confident. In fact, of course, I believe Australia can beat anyone, but this France team is, is – you know, they're pretty powerful. They're in their home country – um, I think we definitely want to avoid playing France and I think Germany can we can match Germany. And France were disappointing this morning. You don't expect them to have uh, two uh, quiet games in a row. So I think that coming out in their, their round of 16, they're going to be really dangerous. But what I really like about this draw and the whole unknown is, other than that China game, it is really hard to predict your own path. So really, you've just got to go out there and do whatever you can to to try and put yourself in in the best position, but you don't know what that is. So go out, try win every game and try and build on every game because that's all you can really do. So in in all reality, after all those permutations, it's quite possibly going to be Norway. Uh, We got a glimpse of them today. They were after the first round of games or first round of games. um, Heather and Ash, we had them here and they said that Norway were in the top three or four most impressive teams they'd seen so far. Is that your assessment of them still after today? And it's it's a pretty tricky potential uh, round of 16 contest. Yeah, for me, Norway... 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. They are always their, their top, top 10 team for me, but this, I think the surprise has been, I really feel like they're in the top five at the moment. The way they're playing, the style that they're playing, they're really confident. Um, so... In terms of where I thought they'd be at and where they are, that, that the difference is there and I have been really impressed with them. So it'll be nervous times for us coming up against them. But again, we're almost like for like with a few of our creative players and the style that we play with Norway. So it'll be a, you know, a pretty good matchup. Yeah, Norway are, are coming to be a, a real uh, tough team to come up against. But you look at their result this morning against uh, Korea Republic and yes, I said... Korea Republic were really good defensively. They were good. They they pressed with a high line. But any team now does their research on uh, Norway and knows that if they defend in that way, they really struggle with it. So you've kind of started to see where their weaknesses are and, and you can really play against that. Well... Let's move on to what we really want to talk about, and that's Matildas against Jamaica, which is 5 a.m. Eastern on Optus Sport on Wednesday. What are we expecting from Ante Milic's side uh, tomorrow? Yeah, I think firstly, the good thing for us is we don't need to overthink this. We need to go out, we need to win, and we need to score as many goals as possible. So there's no question marks on anything. There's no one going, do I score this? Do I take it to the line? We, we want goals and we want lots of them. Uh, I think we will see some changes, and I think it's important we see some changes. We've had some key players who need some rest. Um, they've done a lot of Ks. Um, we've got players with injury clouds, so like Claire Polkinghorne. I, you know, I don't think we need to bring her back in for this game, even if she was a 50-50 chance. I think it's smarter to keep her. Um, because, again, we, we are expecting to have quite a bit of possession in this game, and I was pretty impressed with the back four that we had. Um, against Brazil. So I'm hoping, I think the back four will stay the same and perhaps one or two changes in the midfield and up front. Um, and it's, yeah. My concern though with that back four is Jamaica are quite a quick side and KK is not known for her speed. She's a very smart player. Uh, she's not the slowest player on the field, but to come up against uh, the Jamaican wingers who are known to be, you know, the quickest players in their team, I think that that's where she might struggle a bit. So do you look to kind of throw things up a little bit? We've seen Emily Gilnick play at fullback once before in, in an Alan Stadgic team. Uh, defensively, she's not great, but she will keep up for pace. Um, or Hayley Razzo. The thing is, for me, is Ante isn't known for mixing up his players either. If they're if they're up, if they're forwards, if they're strikers, then that's where they are. If they're defenders, they're defenders. And I don't know if this is a game where he really needs to start mixing things up. Yeah, George, on that, I feel like maybe he does need to go like for like with speed back there. And maybe we might see the likes of Carly Rossback and come on. She is she is speed, and that's why she's there. And she's this is a great experience for her. So I would not be surprised if she comes into one of those fullback roles, and we see KK slide into that holding mid- midfield position there. That that would be logical for me because we want to see KK in that role, get her back in there. I think that's. W- where she's key for us and she's the difference for us there. Um, so when we get Polk's backs... Mm. Best, uh, best 11 scenario, you're working her into that into that midfield? Uh, uh, yes. K- 
Kellen Knight. Kellen yeah. Knight. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I think that she's a really important uh, player in that midfield role just for controlling the game. Emily uh, Van Egmond, for me, has been doing a really good job of it. But KK's just got... Um, a bit of smarts about her uh, through her experience as well as just an ability to control everything that's in front of her, slow down play when it needs to slow down, switch play when it needs to. It's more just game management that I think uh, Kellon Knight has over Van Egmont. It sounds like Tamika Yala will be missing through injury tomorrow so there is that opportunity for a change up if things are conservatively kept and and at least Kellon Knight is kept at left back. What What other options do you see us being able to use? Oh, I think there's no doubt that we need to give Katrina Gorry some minutes in there. So, formerly known as Minnie, she she needs to come on, and uh, she's you know she's been out for six to eight months, but God, she can score some some cracking goals, and she's done that time and time again for Australia. So, I think this will be a good time for her to come on, particularly if we're going to have more possession. She's really good and really clever with her feet. So, um, I think that's a like for like change with Meeks, um, and perhaps we might we might rest M Van Egmond. Um, see who else is sort of feeling a bit of fatigue there. And then I'm hoping we might see, you know, D- Devanna could cause some serious damage up there. And obviously I'm a big M. Gilnick fan. Maybe didn't really put everything on show in the last Brazil game. But a few nerves there, I think if that's gone, she is capable of anything. I even wouldn't mind seeing them sort of shift to more of a four-four-two situation, have two players sitting in that midfield a bit as we get players forward on that on those flanks if we get fast players like your, your Hayley Razzo like your Emily Gilnick on the flanks and then we've got more numbers in the box to finish things off I think that is also a really good potential uh, scenario and George just key to that just even on the style so personnel aside the style I, f- I feel like this is a game we really need to take to them where we need to be penetrating the lines in there we need to be a little bit more direct so that was maybe one of my criticisms of, of M Van Egmont is she's getting the ball in good positions but half the time she's she's just playing it back so we got a lot of possession but in that that back third so I'd love to see us facing forward and going a little bit more direct um, again those penetrating runs and and the runs from from the number 10 so the Chloe Lagaza you can see her game-changing mm. runs in there if she doesn't make that run into the box for the little flick on there is no goal if if, if Sam Kerr doesn't make the run across the box now last game for for Chloe's cross there is no goal so let's break the lines as much as possible more, more movement from the midfield yeah. into the ta- attackers and more rotation through and, that. And they've looked fantastic when they have been direct too as well. Um, you think more of it, and, and a particular team like Jamaica will, will be exposed by that, but you like to say that. I feel like we've named about 22 players there, so I just want to get back down to <laughs> yeah, There's no one left. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> For the poor two goal, the other two goalkeepers haven't got a run, but everyone else has. Um, to settle on it, you, you pick and stick in this and go for it. So Sam and Caitlin Ford are starting, and it's the support act that we're, we're thinking of tinkering? Or where, where do we settle there? Yeah, on goalkeepers firstly, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Mackenzie Arnold get a run in this. She's oh, So we've named 23 now. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. All three I keepers are on. <laughs> she's definitely in the last few years proven that she's, she's good enough to be uh, a starting keeper for this Matilda squad. And I think that what she brings to the team is the ability to move, uh, to play with her feet so she can play as kind of an extra player in that back line. Um, yes, I think that we need to stick with Uh, Sam Kerr and Caitlin Ford up front. You you can't start resting players. We can't be um, complacent going into this game. We really need to go for it. And hopefully we get up by a few goals at half-time and and then you can pull them off and, and put some of the other players in there. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would personally still have Caitlin and Sam out there, but, but then again, 
you might come out and play a different style completely. Having M. Gilnick and Lisa Devanna up there might give us something different and you've always got Caitlin to bring on. So, uh, you know, I do. I think he's going to make some changes. He's going to give some girls some opportunities and sometimes opportunities is where we see spectacular performances. Like these girls are absolutely itching to get off the bench and have a part in this campaign. So, you know, this is a good game to do it in and I think we've got a strong enough depth, particularly in the front third, that we can get away with making some changes there. And they're gunning for a spot in the round of 16-11. So there's absolutely great incentive for them to do that. Um, as players, because as fans and as media people, we've all been guilty of going, all right, we'll get this 5-0 win and then we worry about Italy. They'll lose 2-0 and then we'll go this and we'll swing there. And we're, As players, right now, how do these girls approach this game to make sure that what you've just spoken about is just the process and actually just rolls out? I think it's just... It's it's a bit cliche, but you've got to focus on yourselves. We can't be looking forward too much because, as I've said a few times, we need to just focus on getting a win. We can't look at how many goals are we scoring, and we know that we have the players, we have the capability to score goals. So if we get uh, the build up right and we get ourselves play, like we play ourselves into the game, uh, then the goals are going to come. So I'm hoping that there's not talk about the round of 16, there's not talk about Italy, there's just talk about us and Jamaica. Yeah, exactly. I think we need to be accountable for our own performance here and we want to put on a good show. Um, that's first and foremost. You, you can't get caught up on things that are out of our control. God, if we all did that, we'd be would be in all sorts but um, yeah the Italians have been strong and I actually think they might run over the top of Brazil here um, so therefore that might lead, well that will leave us in second mm. um, most likely playing Norway so um, I think that's probably the you know if you're you're an odds person I feel like that's most likely yep. um, but I feel like we need to play like we are the world champions in this game and I hope we do that and last word as we wrap up um, we saw the improvement from the Italy game to the Brazil game We've spoken about a few things so far, but what is the one thing that you'd like to see us execute to continue that progression from game one to two to three and hopefully onwards and upwards? Yeah, I touched on it already. I think the difference between game one and game two was some tweaks in the back line there but and confidence. And for game two and game three, I want to see some more directness, some more um, intent to score, show the flair, runs in behind, breaking the lines, taking players on. I, have, I haven't seen enough of us taking players on. I, I want Sam Kerr to run at a player and who cares if, if you get it taken off you. That's what we want to see. That's why you're there. So that's what I want to see. Yeah, I'm the same. Definitely no one uh, can argue that in that second game we were so much better defensively, but it's, it is going forward. Yes, we scored a few goals, um, but we need more combination play in that final third. So we need midfielders overlapping our wingers or our uh, strikers and, and real, really breaking up the lines. We can't be pl- playing so um, stagnant. So for me, more movement up front. Well, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. We've got a day to wait. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. But for everyone out there, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. You enjoyed all the action we've got, all the highlights on our social media platforms and our Optusport app. And 5am Wednesday, as I said, Matildas against Jamaica. Also, Italy against Brazil. It's not a bad game, that one on the side, but we'll only be keeping half an eye on it because we're going to be have all our attention on the Matildas. So, guys, thanks very much for your company today. We'll see you all very, very soon uh, around the traps here because we're not going anywhere. Cheers. <laughs> thanks, thanks Dave. <laughs> Absolute pleasure to all of you out there. As always, enjoy your football.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.